Greetings, and thank you for tuning in to this podcast episode focused on Alzheimer's disease entitled Addressing Clinicians' Challenges and Misinformation Around New and Emerging Treatments for Alzheimer's Disease. My name is Gad Marshall, and I'm a behavioral neurologist focused on Alzheimer's disease clinical care and research at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Massachusetts General Hospital in Boston. Our learning objectives for this podcast are, number one, to explore the mechanism of action of new and emerging disease-modifying therapies for Alzheimer's disease. Number two, to explore the evidence supporting new and emerging disease-modifying therapies for Alzheimer's disease and consider which patients are most likely to benefit from these therapies. Let's get started with reviewing the landscape of drugs newly approved and actively being investigated for Alzheimer's disease. Let's start with the first question. What are the disease-modifying classes of drugs under investigation, and how are they different from previous treatments for Alzheimer's disease? The first class of drugs I'm going to start with is amyloid-modifying drugs. The most common anti-amyloid drugs under investigation are anti-amyloid antibodies, which are a form of passive immunization against amyloid. Aducanumab is the first drug in this class to be approved by the FDA under accelerated approval for clinical use, specifically in individuals with mild cognitive impairment or mild Alzheimer's disease dementia, although its clinical efficacy is questionable. It is not covered by insurance, and the FDA has requested a phase four trial be completed to show clinical efficacy. That phase four trial was recently launched. Other drugs in this class that are uh, completing phase three trials are denenumab, lecanemab, and gantarumumab. So these are all monoclonal antibodies against amyloid. On the other hand, there are also active vaccines against amyloid, and these are being investigated to a lesser degree, particularly because initial uh, studies focused on, on this mechanism had more significant side effects. And then recently, with newer formulations that were safer, there are difficulties achieving consistent antibody titers that are uh, generated as a response to the active vaccination. Amyloid-modifying drugs that are no longer under development include amyloid anti-aggregation drugs, which try to prevent the aggregation of insoluble or deposited amyloid in the brain, and those have been shown to be ineffective. Gamma and beta secretase inhibitors, which reduce the formation of amyloid, have shown to be ineffective as well, and also had more significant side effects. Gamma secretase inhibitors, in particular, had systemic side effects, whereas beta secretase inhibitors, in early stages of the disease, either mild cognitive impairment or even preclinical Alzheimer's disease, showed worsening of cognition, which was very concerning, with high uh, doses of beta-secretase inhibitors. And therefore, currently, these two uh, approaches are not being pursued anymore. Let's shift gears to different mechanisms. Anti-tau drugs are still under development. The first generation of anti-tau antibodies, meant to reduce transsynaptic spread of tau in a prion-like approach, have not been shown to be effective, unfortunately. And there are, at this point, four trials that were completed, uh, most of them in mild cognitive impairment and mild Alzheimer's disease dementia, which did not show either target engagement biologically with tau or uh, clinical benefit. And there was one trial in mild to moderate AD dementia, which showed questionable clinical benefit. And that trial uh, is still ongoing from an open label extension uh, perspective. 
The next generation of uh, tau antibodies is under development. And there are also other tau targets, such as antisense oligonucleotides that are meant to reduce tau expression. And those are entering phase two currently. Additional drugs with potential disease-modifying properties that are under development have neuroprotective, anti-inflammatory, and antioxidant properties. Now let's compare these to current drugs that are being used clinically that have been FDA approved for about 20 years or longer. The cholinesterase inhibitors, denepazil, galantamine, and rivastigmine, and the NMDA antagonist, memantine, have all been approved by the FDA for the treatment of Alzheimer's disease at the stage of dementia. And they have symptomatic benefits with modest temporary improvement in symptoms for six to 12 months, and then they tend to wear off. They do not slow or halt the progression of disease, and therefore they do not have disease-modifying properties, accentuating the difference between these drugs and the drugs that I mentioned earlier that really do target the underlying disease and trying to slow down the progression. So let's move on to the next question. What benefits have been shown with anti-amyloid antibodies in clinical trials? Several anti-amyloid antibodies have been shown to robustly remove amyloid, the amyloid protein, from the brain in individuals with mild cognitive impairment or mild Alzheimer's disease dementia. And several of these drugs have been shown to modestly decrease the rate of cognitive and daily functioning decline in phase two trials, but not as clearly yet in phase three trials. These drugs have not been shown to reduce mortality. So let's focus on one particular drug, aducunumab, which has been approved in an accelerated fashion by the FDA for the treatment of mild cognitive impairment and mild Alzheimer's disease dementia based on the evidence of robust removal of amyloid protein from the brain despite the questionable clinical benefit. That particular drug has underwent two large phase three trials one showing modest clinical benefit with the high dose and no benefit with the low dose clinically, and the other trial unfortunately did not replicate the results, uh, not showing clinical benefit at either dose. And therefore, currently, uh, it is not being used widely clinically because uh, despite the FDA approval, Medicare has not uh, approved coverage uh, of this drug. Other drugs in this class include denenumab, lakenumab, and gantarumab that are all completing phase three trials and hope to receive similar approval for mild cognitive impairment or mild Alzheimer's disease dementia. Solanuzumab, which is also a drug in this class, is completing a phase three trial in preclinical Alzheimer's disease. In individuals who have normal cognitive function, who are older adults, but also have elevated cortical amyloid as measured on PET scan, in hopes of receiving approval for that indication. It is believed that anti-amyloid antibodies are most likely to benefit patients with mild cognitive impairment or mild Alzheimer's disease dementia, or even preclinical Alzheimer's disease, as described in the trial mentioned above, and least likely to benefit those with moderate or severe Alzheimer's disease dementia. The use of these drugs is controversial because none of them have shown a clear clinical benefit in large phase three trials, as mentioned above to go along with the biomarker evidence of amyloid removal. Let's move on to the next question. So what are the risks of anti-amyloid antibodies? The most common side effect is vasogenic edema, also known as amyloid-related imaging abnormality edema, or ARIA-E for short, 
which occurs frequently in about a quarter to a third of treated individuals with drugs targeting late-stage insoluble amyloid species such as aducanumab or denenumab. Other common side effects are headaches and microhemorrhages. Microhemorrhages are also referred to as amyloid-related imaging abnormality hemorrhage, or ARIA-H for short. Since ARIA-E and ARIA-H are most commonly asymptomatic, periodic MRI scans are needed to be completed for surveillance, especially when initially titrating the dose of the drug. How do patients qualify for these anti-amyloid antibody treatments? And who should I refer for evaluation for these medications? So currently, only one drug in this class, aducanumab, is FDA approved, as mentioned earlier. However, it is not covered by insurance outside of a clinical trial. Medicare will cover the expenses of receiving this drug as part of a clinical trial, but not outside of it. Other drugs in this class are still under development and similarly can only be given as part of a clinical trial. Therefore, these drugs are essentially not being used clinically yet. Once this class of drugs is not only approved by the FDA, but also covered by insurance, it is likely that there will be a period of time that only dementia specialists will be able to prescribe it in order to ensure that the appropriate patients receive it. So currently, most of the trials have been targeting mild cognitive impairment and mild Alzheimer's disease dementia patients with evidence of elevated amyloid in their brain, as well as absence of macrohemorrhages, large areas of bleeding, or multiple microhemorrhages as well as ensuring that appropriate surveillance is maintained, such as repeated MRI scans to assess for RIAE or RIAH. And therefore, this is something that will uh, require more expertise until it is widely used. Let's move on to the next question. Can you review how to determine which medications are right for which patients with mild cognitive impairment or Alzheimer's disease dementia? So there's only one medication currently approved by the FDA for the treatment of mild cognitive impairment, and that is aducanumab. However, as mentioned previously, its clinical benefit is questionable and it is not covered by insurance. Therefore, it is really not used clinically almost at all. On the other hand, we do have evidence that aerobic exercise and a Mediterranean diet and tight control of blood pressure can help slow cognitive decline in patients with mild cognitive impairment. And therefore, those measures could be taken in those patients. Cholinesterase inhibitors such as denepazil, galantamine, and rivastigmine are all approved for the treatment of mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease dementia, but not for the treatment of mild cognitive impairment. Denepazil is also approved for the treatment of moderate to severe dementia, as is memantine. Of note, memantine is not approved for the treatment of mild Alzheimer's disease dementia, only for moderate to severe Alzheimer's disease dementia. Thank you for listening to this PrimeMed podcast. We hope you learned something useful today. If you haven't completed the associated AdoptEd activity this podcast is based on, please check out the session page for this podcast on primed.com for more information. To obtain your CME credit, please visit primed.com and complete a short post assessment. If you listen to this podcast on another platform, please refer to the episode description where there is a direct link to the activity page on primed.com for claiming CME credit.